Hi, and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Join me as I talk to the second place finisher of Nexus Park, Court, about getting the most out of a game and facing down the jury. This is the final part. When we last left off, uh, we were just down to final seven. Uh, we'd just gotten through the Darcy vote, uh, which you were on the wrong side of. And uh, again, this is another, This that was a point in the game where uh, your a, a burgeoning ally and, you know, relationship that you'd been forming uh, was cut short. And again, you're kind of on the outside uh as it were um and so at final seven we had uh you bird bramble choco beans maddie steph and waxler still in the game uh which was all three of those presumably quote-unquote in power mirth players still left here despite um a kind of tumultuous post-merge game that had been playing out and now it was uh euphoria who kind of whose numbers were kind of shrinking and i think and sometime either in the last cycle or in this cycle when i think you and uh correct me if i'm wrong i think that's sort of when you and bird uh became super close that sounds about right Okay, because one of the things um, I've, I, I find interesting when I look at some of the stats that I have access to is um, over the first 10 days of the merge, uh, your DM channel with Bird has uh, about 1,400 messages in it. And then over the next 10 days uh, post-merge, it has 4,200 messages in it. So there's a pretty sharp uh, increase there, which I think is right around this point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I guess before we get to this next challenge, uh, when, you, uh, when you're in the game for a long period of time with somebody uh, who kind of isn't always... Uh, a close ally the entire time in perhaps the way bird was but and but becomes an ally sort of somewhere down the line is that i don't know when when you think of it that way does it feel like you could have been allies earlier and just missed the signals or signs or was it more so that like the circumstances of the game uh really were working against you in the beginning and then Later on, they became something that were allowed you to be close to that player. Um, I definitely think that it's gonna, you know, in most cases, it's a combination of both in those circumstances because, like, obviously, like we definitely hit it off on a personal level. That was part of what brought us, like, made us being coming so close possible. Because if we didn't, we didn't click. Like, I don't think that it would have worked out like it did you know regardless 
And I do think that, you know, in a different world and different circumstances, if we had met sooner, maybe the things about our personalities that made us, you know, connect circumstantially would have been something that, well, I mean, in, in general, actually, if you think about it, it's always circumstantially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, had I met Bird on my original tribe and hit it off with them on a personal level, it still would have been circumstantially because when you're in Survivor, you're looking for people to be your friend. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I think it definitely has a lot more to do with like hitting it off. I mean, yes, there was, there was like the circumstance of the room in the game opening up for us to work closely together. They had, you know, they had decided to let go of some of their allies that they saw as threatening, like Jordan and uh, uh, Darcy. I had given up on my OG tribe at this point because I just kept feeling like all my efforts to to get like the level of like trust and stuff built between myself and them in the game. Just I'd, I'd put in so much effort to not get the results I wanted and had given up on that. So like that I think all kind of came together and worked out at the same time. Um, but I just don't think that Bird and I come together like that if we don't hit it off, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Especially because another thing with that too is like Bird, Bird, you know, always told me, and I mean, I don't know what their thoughts are on this now, but like Bird always told me there at the end that like, they were playing a a cutthroat game. They were playing the, you know, they were playing to win and everything like that. They were cutting all their favorite people to have their best chance to win or whatever. Um, and then there at the end, you know, they decided to stick it out with me and have like one, one number one that they actually didn't vote out or whatever. Yeah. And, um, they definitely told me, I remember they told me that they didn't think that I was necessarily of the remaining options, the easiest person left to beat. Um, and I mean, I wasn't right. Like it tied mm-hmm. close. So I definitely think that that is another thing that speaks to like the personal bond we made. You know, I don't think that happens if we hadn't hit it off to the level that we did. Yeah. We had like regular movie nights for a while after after the game. We um we uh like wholesome movies, so we would always watch like children and family movies together. We haven't done it in a while though. Oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a really. I'm yeah, I'm I'm gonna be interested to hear, you know, obviously bird cutting their allies is going to be a topic of conversation when I talk to them and I'm curious to hear in their words like what made you the person that they didn't want to cut as opposed to whomever else um I think that was considering how big of a moment that ends up being in terms of how the season plays out for sure all right so we get to this final seven immunity challenge, which is the Hall of Mirrors. The idea here is that um, essentially you'd have all these 45 degree angle mirror lines on a grid and we'd 
we set up numbers on either side of the grid where if you shined a light horizontally starting from where the one was and then you bounced it off of all the angles that it came into contact with and these mirrors that it would reflect back into some other number on the right side and your goal was to find the number that when you did that connected to the same number on the other side this was not your challenge um <laughs> i feel like going here what's that i said i feel like there's a theme going on here. <laughs> yes um yeah i see because so so the way the format worked was we gave you an a lot i think 10 minutes to submit an answer you could submit as many times as you needed to and if you submitted the most times you were eliminated and we'd move down to the next round with one less person and so on and so forth if every, multiple people tied for the most submissions then we would go by time uh and so I think, um, if, was it the, is the first or second round, I think, when, yeah, on the first round, you got it right on the second try, um, in the, and Steph was ultimately eliminated for not being able to submit the right answer, um, and then in the second round, I see in your confessional, um, that you just started guessing, and, I think there were only nine options in the second round and it took you all nine to get to the right answer, which is kind of ridiculous in, in its own, in its own right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Was there, there just seemed to be some sort of mental block for you, I guess, in understanding how this one worked. I mean, I think that was, I, I mentioned this before in, um, our, our previous call about things, but like, I have a slow learning curve. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I like to call myself dumb, but I, you know, if I'm being very, very real right now, I'm not dumb, but I just like, it takes me a while to get something. Once I get it, I get it, but I just don't have enough time in your typical org, org challenge to like pick it up to the degree that I need to. Mm -hmm. So like, for the longest time when, you know, I first started off in orgs and stuff, I was very notoriously bad at every single challenge. And now at this point, I'm actually decent to mediocre at a lot of things, but it's not because it's not because I um, am suddenly super skilled. It's that I've played like 70 orgs and a lot of things get used commonly. And I've just like gotten mm -hmm. to the point in which I've, I've had that time to, to get it, to understand, to like get the hang of things. Um, but sure. your org in particular, I don't think that I would ever have that experience because <laughs> you go for some like really unique concepts and I'm just not fast enough at like learning to do that. So I, I've always wanted to, if I had the time, like create, um, like a, a videos or something of like practicing and like running the challenges like on my own or you know with production members or something to post as examples to help people have a better i know because like a lot of people can't just read a list of rules and kind of understand it always and i think seeing seeing it actually in in 
uh, in practice helps a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't maybe understand it until it's too late, so to speak. Um, and I think this this is one of those where that probably would have helped you and uh, Maddie and Steph, who all the three of you, you know, just didn't quite pick up on what you were being asked to do in that way. Right. Um, well, uh, so you eliminated in the second round. Maddie joins you after the third round. And that leaves Bird, Bramble, Chaco, and Waxler. Uh, Chaco goes out next. Bramble goes out um, fifth, which leaves Bird and Waxler, uh, which is another theme uh, in these challenges. And in the final round, uh, Waxler beats out Bird by about a minute to win individual immunity for the second time in a row. So... I guess you had worked, uh, you had been on the side of Darcy and Steph in the previous round voting against Bram. Uh, was this, what, what, for this seven, um, obviously Waxler's immune, you're working with Bird. Uh, was it obviously going to be a target on Bramblecat here? Was that something that uh, just kind of, all right, we tried it last time, it didn't work. This time I can get we can get work together and have enough votes to do it. So, so situation. I'll be honest. I genuinely <laughs> not remember. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see. So it's going to end up being you and bird and Maddie and Steph voting for Bram. Uh, so we kind of get uh, original tribal lines with you on the other side this time. Uh, I guess I guess maybe better question could be, did you have an idea of, you know, if you're trying to get to the end with Bird, and I don't know if that was necessarily where your head was at at this moment, or if that was something that formed later, but did you know who you wanted the presumed third person to be at this point? I think at that point, I probably didn't. But I do know that the one person that I kind of didn't really want to kill or like didn't want out was um, Chaco. Um, she was like of the of those people, the one I got like the closest to. Mm -hmm. So I would have been open to going to the end with her. But I think that at some point and I can't remember exactly when it was, but there was some point around like final five that the... Courtney Bird Stephanie trio final three deal got made. Um, and Stephanie uh, really put a lot of effort into like laying out for me and reassuring me that she was 110% like with me and Bird on board, not turning or whatever. Mm-hmm. So whenever that happened I was definitely like sold on that because I don't remember I could be misremembering because it was a while ago but I don't think I, I I like have this vague memory of feeling like Steph and Bird were the only two people that even offered me the end <laughs> or like so it was like a very easy decision at the end of the day yeah yeah I because I think I mean there's a popular meme in the lounge about Bramble Cat offering 
whoever wants to join them fourth place <laughs> alongside Chaco and Waxler, um, which I think is how she how they viewed it. I think it's how Waxler viewed it, and I think be, probably became very tough for Chaco to kind of see anything other than that as an end game for for that trio. Uh, though I'm obviously after Brambles voted out here at seven, um, that's no longer possible. But I think that um, uh, I don't know. I, I guess because uh, so when we get to six. Um, it feels like it becomes this sort of bird versus Waxler narrative, really something that, you know, in the challenges has been there for quite a while now. Um, but now that Bramble Cat is gone, uh, it feels like that's sort of the final narrative that carries through six, five, and four. Um, I don't know how you felt about uh, you know if if Chaco and Steph the two people you talked about wanting either wanting to go to the end with or ultimately choosing to go to the end with due to circumstance um was the was Waxler's sort of presence there uh, and I'm sure it came up in your conversations with Bird but like kind of the like thorn in the side that was potentially going to like ruin this ending so does, I don't know if that makes sense yeah, because if he had one final four immunity, that would have been unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, felt like he was, he, you know, he definitely felt like a bigger threat to get votes at the end than Steph did. And um, I mean, I guess hard to say if that would have been enough, like if his, his game would have, you know, endeared him enough to the jurors but um definitely would have been uh, a very tough out at final tribal see my thing is that like i actually i I think i've mentioned this before i wasn't really worried about that um because i don't i don't care about win equity he was just like somebody who wasn't loyal to me you know what i mean like i had a three and the person who wasn't in that three winning immunity threatens my ability to go to the end with the three that I want and potentially threatens my ability to get to the end at all. Sure. So that was my concern with Waxler. I mean, I do think that I, I would agree with you, and I'm sure this is something Bird factored in, that he definitely had some win equity and definitely did well. Um, I definitely think it, at minimum, like we voted out his entire group <laughs> and I think that they were all probably going to vote for him, but like none of that really factored into anything that I did. I'm, I'm kind of an emotional decision maker. My mind, if I don't play good enough to win against my ally, then, oh, well, yeah, I will learn how to play better next time. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, All right. So, final six immunity challenge um we had done in our second season uh an immunity challenge that was a haunted house and so i it all it took place in a different server the same server that this challenge took place in and i kind of touched up parts of it reworked a little some pieces of it so it wasn't exactly the same 
but it was very, very, very similar to what that challenge was. And in the haunted hotel for your season, you had to navigate a series of uh, scenarios that I pulled primarily from various horror movies and uh, try to not die, <laughs> really. Um, it was not easy. No, it it never it, it it wasn't the first time we did it. Uh, it was a tribe challenge when we did it before. I think five on five, and uh, three people survived out of ten. Here, only one person survives out of six. Uh, so, yeah, it it proved to be very challenging for everybody except perhaps the most surprising of the remaining six maddie is the one who escapes the hotel and wins immunity at this challenge which is crazy yes and i know after having talked to him that he was drunk doing this challenge which i find very interesting and amusing but the way the way he described it was he had been he would just read the prompts and kind of have these initial kind of gut reactions like oh that doesn't make any sense <laughs> and that's that worked out i guess um so uh in this so so uh i think i guess i can look um uh, I don't remember the order in which people went in this challenge. Uh, I think you actually were first, now that I think about it. Um, you and... I want to say Waxler... Yes, you and Waxler both died in the uh, cannibal room of, this, of the hotel. Uh, not, not a great way to go. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so does Maddie winning, I don't know, does that me do anything? Does that affect anything? I don't assume that he was probably the target otherwise, but maybe that's not true. Doesn't Waxler play an idol here? Yes. yes. Yeah, I was going to say, because like the way you're like, you know, some of this you're just kind of reminding me of what happened because <laughs> it's been a while. But like the way you're talking about like Waxler being that big threat to Bird, I'm like, so we definitely would have wanted Waxler out here now that he's not immune, but then I remembered that he got that idol that I hope find so like. Mm -hmm. So that must have been when he played it. So this is when Chaco went, right? Because we split on them because of his idol? Yes, yes. It was a 2-2-2 two, two, two between Chaco, Waxler, and yourself. So at this point, I must have already... Yeah. So at this point, it must have been around the point in which... Um, Wait, who the, who voted? Oh, Chaco and Waxer voted for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, who voted for me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same people who always voted for me. My OG tribe. Yep. Uh... And it carried that into FTC, but no. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, um, so I'm assuming at this point with because this is final five, right? Six. Final six. Oh. So it's me, Bird, Steph, Maddie, Chaco, Waxler. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. I'm stupid. I can't do simple math. We love that for me. Okay. So, yeah. 
So I think that at this point, the trio um, with Steph must have already happened. Like the going to the end together deal that was made. Because mm. I rem- I do remember talking to Chaco and like Chaco like being like, I don't understand why it has to be me though. Like, because I was like explaining that like she was probably going to go because we're going to split on her because of the idol or whatever. And she's like, but why does it have to be me? Like, why me? And I, I remember feeling really bad about that because I did love her. So um, I think that I must have already had that deal with Stefan Bird because that would make me mean that like Chaco was my literal only option to split on Waxler with. Since yes. Maddie. Right. Was- yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, tough to Maddie immune. Wax was going to play an idol. Kind of boxed into a corner in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. Which doesn't make it feel any better, but uh, yeah, not. So I guess in that sense, it if Maddie hadn't won immunity, then I I don't know. Would the split have been on him instead? You know, that's complicated to between the amount of time that's gone by since all of this and at the end of the day I think I likely pushed that as an option but Steph liked Maddie um, you know Bird liked Maddie so I don't know that I get my way but I do know that like that was definitely more than likely something that very much factored into why I was willing to vote Chaco was like what options I even had you know yeah yeah well that's what is going to happen um you and uh, you and Bird vote for Chaco Chaco and Waxler vote for you Maddie and Steph vote for Waxler 2-2-2 tie Waxler plays his idol, so he's safe. So it's just tied between you and Chaco. And on the revote, we have three votes for Chaco from Bird, Maddie, and Steph. And Waxler votes for you again. So, uh, you know, like, like you said, your name keeps coming up <laughs> from the same people who've been putting it down all season. But Chaco becomes the second, uh, second to last. Uh, or I guess the second member of that trio to be eliminated in back-to-back rounds. And we are down to five people left. And so now, you and Bird and Steph, you have a majority. Waxler no longer has an idol. Um, I don't believe we put another one into the game, so he wasn't going to find it in another one anyway. Uh... And so it just kind of became a matter of who won immunity. If Waxler or Maddie did, I assume the other person gets voted out, which is what's going to happen. And I, I assume if neither of them had won immunity, it probably would have been Waxler as well. And that's it in that case. Yeah. Uh, so final five immunity challenge was the uh, Nexus Lab I guess survey quiz test uh, technically is basically just answering questions about the season 
from a lore standpoint. Uh, and I, gosh, I remember talking through this with uh, Maddie and Steph and not really understanding why I made the scoring the way that it was. Uh, but a perfect score was 20 and every answer you got wrong was worth more points for some reason. I don't know. Uh, suffice to say, um, yeah, these were questions about different areas in the season and uh, how much do you feel you knew about the shifty sector, the you know Rugrat Realm, Rotation Station, the laboratory, the park in general. Um, not- I was did not know very much because I just didn't I didn't really try a lot with that part of the game I got really sketched out by see this was my logic I started off the game struggling a little bit to you know find my footing with like having time to really connect with people and then once I like you know kind of balanced out my schedule and started being more active I just could not seem to find my footing socially as you're like we Mm -hmm. as we talked about before and so my logic looking at it was like if i like everyone can see anytime you enter in and start fucking around and looking for these things (laughs) and i was worried that people would use that as a reason to target me you know sure absolutely so Uh, i just want to really explain that because like (laughs) i don't want it to sound like I disrespected your org to the point that I didn't want to even bother looking at like your hard work or whatever. Cause if it, like when I got the key card and stuff, like I spent a lot of time trying to figure all of that out um, and playing around with the stuff at that point. But it was like in the early stage of the game, I knew I was in a precarious position potentially. Um, and then eventually had felt that it was decently confirmed and so anything that's going to spook people isn't worth it you know absolutely uh you know i'm i feel like almost every season we see somebody say something about like oh so and so isn't responding to me in their dms but i just saw them go into the sub channels what's up with that (laughs) (laughs) and yeah no it, it you know you have to approach things the best way you think you can and that doesn't always mean that you're going to spend 10, 15, 20 hours a day in the sub channels. And I honestly, it shouldn't for anybody. That's too much time. But uh, then there's, you know, going to be some, it's going to impact other things too. I think since the third season that we did, maybe the fourth season, we've always had a challenge generally in the like, five to seven players left points of the season when you know if you have been doing that you're gonna have a huge advantage and if you haven't you're probably not gonna win and this was that one for the season and uh as one might expect it again comes down to bird and waxler they in fact tie on the original uh quiz and then what we did was we gave them both a chance to go back and fix any mistakes they'd made. And if one of them fixed more mistakes, they'd win. And so when we did that, uh, Waxler was able to fix, I think, two of his five mistakes, if I remember correctly. Yes. And that gave him immunity. 
here at five. Right, and that's how he got to final four. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And I remember that at this point, me and Bird had been comparing notes on Maddie and had discovered him being like sketchy and like saying like, you know, like saying stuff about us to each other. Um, and I, I specifically remember that the one fear, the one scary thing about that round, like I actually was not confident I was surviving that round because Steph liked Maddie and Bird and I needed Steph because Waxler was going to vote for me and Maddie was going to vote for me. So the option was to either find a way to trick Maddie into voting for someone else, which there wasn't anybody else that Maddie likely votes there than me at that point, mm-hmm. or because he's not going to vote for Bird or stuff. And then um, the other option was getting Steph really, really locked in with this final three with me and Bird. And I just remember... I actually do remember just being super anxious about it and just like waiting for Steph to come online so I could talk to her because I was really, really worried. And she, I just remember her just being very casually reassuring, like, yeah, I told you I want to go to the end with you. I want to go to the end with you. Sucks. I like Maddie, but I said I was going to go to the end with you and Bird. So we're doing that. And I was like, oh, (laughs) great. (laughs) Yeah. No, that sounds, sounds exactly like Steph. (laughs) Um, it uh, it ends up being a unanimous vote on Maddie with Waxler even joining um, I don't know if that's due to influence or just kind of seeing the writing on the wall or anything like that but uh, pretty yeah. sure seeing the writing on the wall because he definitely <laughs> wanted me out <laughs> yes I uh, uh, Maddie does in fact vote for you but 4-1 sends Maddie to the jury as fifth place. And now all you have to do is prevent Waxler from winning Final Four immunity. Easy. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> um, and I'm sure they couldn't have done it without me. I, have, I don't remember this challenge or anything, but I'm sure that I didn't do much. <laughs> uh, so this is Simotion, which is what we've done for almost all our seasons now. Each time it's a little bit different, and the mechanism behind it is a little bit adjusted. Um, In this situation, we were going to post increasingly large images of those, like, signs where you had the word for a color in a different color, and we had you have to, you you had to type out the actual colors that they were within a minute to to continue. Um, So generated a bunch of these images i remember how time consuming that ended up being uh regardless uh so each we'd post two images with one word and then two images with two words and so on and down the line until one person was left um uh you make it to the first image that has 18 words in it which is not bad yay (laughs) um uh, I think it was a yeah I don't know if it was a time thing or a mistake thing but uh, it's hard to tell with how we were keeping track um, so you you're out there uh, Steph makes it to the first 
message that has 22 words in it. And then it's, as always, it is Waxler and Bird, uh, mono e mono at the end. They get down to 20 images with 28 words in them, and Waxler makes a mistake, and Bird wins immunity. And I did a timestamp check on Bird's most last accurate submission in this challenge, and it took them about 30 seconds. So theoretically, Bird could have made it to like 50, 50 plus words in an image if they were able to keep up with that pace. Um, so. That's Okay. Yeah, they they were in a really good spot there. Um, You're so sweet. Like you got to 18, which isn't bad, <laughs> and then and then Steph went out, and I'm like, oh wait a minute. So I was first out, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, all right, fine, but you know, it wasn't a situation of like not understanding the challenge or not, you know needing the time to catch up on it. You knew how this one worked. You picked up on it. You did fine. And uh, sometimes fine isn't enough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, doing doing good enough to, or, well, not doing good enough, but, like, understanding the rules was, like, was like a, a big achievement for me in any challenge. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. Was there any chance that this wasn't going to be a 3-1 Waxler vote from where you were sitting? No, I don't think so. I know. I... Sorry. There's a small chance Bird considered their options a little bit, but that's that's about it, I think. Okay. Um, how do you feel? I know Bird had is a big fan of fire making. Um was there I, I don't know if you've ever been in, done any fire making challenges in other games that you've played I have yeah how how have those gone how do you feel about the fire making at final four situation in general I've only won fire making one time and it's really funny because I only was able to win because I was going against the only person as incompetent as me <laughs> um it took us a disgustingly long time to do a jigsaw and a slide. And when I uploaded my screenshot of me, like having finished the um, slide puzzle, the host pointed out to me that um, I hadn't closed the tab on my browser called how to do a slide puzzle. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's the only time that I've won, but like literally I there's no shot that I win if I was against anybody who was remotely competent. Me and him just both happened to be really bad and it was I just lucked out in being I don't know, slightly less bad. He was also really high apparently at the time. <laughs> he was very stoned. Um that doesn't hurt. Anyway. No. Other than that, I mean different um orgs do fire making in different ways but um they fire making has never gone in my favor <laughs> like i um i remember like one org it was like have you ever seen the one where you have to like you add sticks and or you can blow on you know what i'm talking about you add sticks and you can... so like okay 
not a, the fact that you're not like immediately understanding <laughs> what you're talking about like I'll, so basically how it works is like you start at a hundred or no you start at zero and you want to get to a hundred sorry so you start at zero and it's like um adding sticks to your fire adds 15 or adds 10 or something like that blowing on your fire to like is like a you know i don't know like 60 percent chance that it grows 30 and a 40 percent chance that it like snuffs your whole fire out um adding like kindling is you know something else like basically like there's different things you can do to try to grow your fire but like and you go like back and forth between you and the other person on taking your turn but if it like it you know there's like odds for each thing so then they like spin a wheel or something to like of those odds and if it doesn't go in your favor then like your your fire can shrink and it's like whoever gets their fire above a hundred first wins fire making Okay. And I was in a fire making challenge like that once where it literally got to the point where it was 50 50. Like they had to do like literally a 50 50 wheel spin. If it, if it landed on the color I chose, then I won fire making. And, and if it didn't, then I lost fire making. And I said, it was pink and blue, and I said pink for girls, and it landed on blue. Oh no! <laughs> uh. That's what I get for subscribing to traditional gender norms, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was that was your karmic retribution. Yes. Uh, that seems interesting. I'd never heard of that format, um, though I, I admit to not being as well versed in the way orgs do fire making as you probably are. Uh, I think, I mean, I, whoever is, I guess if it had happened this season, it would have been Waxler versus somebody. Um, and I think similar to the lab questionnaire challenge, uh, good chance that he wipes the floor with you or Steph since about 33% of the fire making challenge is about lore questions. Um, but I know, I remember Bird saying that they wished they could go to fire against Waxler um, just to like, you know, compete against him basically. Uh, I don't know if that was something you remember having the conversation with them about or having to like talk them down from that idea. Yeah, I don't remember that, but if they brought it up to me, I'm sure I was like, no. Because <laughs> I, I personally don't, I personally, like, think, um, I think it's stupid, to be honest. Like, from a, like, in a org standpoint, like, I, I've always found the make a last minute big crazy move by giving up final four immunity and go into fire against the biggest threat yourself is like okay I mean now sometimes I suppose depending on the person's circumstances 
I could see it being worth it, but it definitely would not have been worth it for Bird. Like, Bird was, like, the top contender to win the game, so why give up your, like, guaranteed spot at the end and high chance of winning the season just to, like, have a pissing contest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, I I agree. I I think it was, was it season... 42 or 43 where like people on the jury there was this kind of sense from jurors that season about why wouldn't the person who had won the final four immunity like make fire against the person who's the biggest threat or whatever the situation was at the time which is just i don't know why would you want them to like they already won the challenge like what do they need to do more than that um so yeah i i I feel very similarly in that respect like i was just trying to think about it like if there was a scenario where i would feel differently um and i mean i definitely 110 million percent i mean i think it's really annoying that that chris guy won the season that he won just from the perspective that like you know wasn't there for like half the game (laughs) but like i do think that that was the best possible move that he could have made there you know he's playing with house money because he had no resume so I think it was a fantastic move in his situation like Mm -hmm. you've got to get you've got to build like it's your last chance to like do anything to make yourself relevant you know so I think that like in his circumstance it was a brilliant idea because he was like so unlikely to win the season because of his lack of participation so to speak um you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like what's the like what's the worst thing that happens he loses that fire and he gets fourth like sucks but at the same time like for somebody who you know voted out like 15th or wherever it had been it's a big right. improvement right so i think that for him making that flashy risky move when he didn't have a lot to lose technically like when you think about it like makes a lot of sense and it it paid off for him like big so good for him mm-hmm. but i think i think like in an org you know maybe maybe like if somebody is at the end and they know that they've been viewed as a go and they like know that they don't have a lot of chance of winning like maybe in that case similar to to Chris it would be like you know screw it don't have a lot to lose do something flashy see how it goes have fun with it but like anyone who has like even even if you don't think you're going to win but yet still have like a decent shot at all should not do that in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) yes for sure yeah, I don't know. I that's if if the thought process is that the only the only chance I have is giving up immunity to compete in fire making, like that's that's not really a chance. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not good enough. Yeah. No, I mean I just I think that like what was I gonna say? Oh. The last thing I was gonna say is just that like I feel as though every time that I've ever seen somebody do this or want to do this in an org though, like do that move every single time that person has 
been somebody who definitely should not be, you know, like it's never, it's never somebody who is like regarded as a goat. Who's like, screw it. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna try to make this big move and see if I can, you know, improve my standing with this jury last second. Like it's always somebody who has like a chance to win. Who's just like being crazy. (laughs) Yes. The, the, the quote-unquote big move itis mentality uh, striking at the wrong time. Literally the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> Final four, almost guaranteed spot in FTC. That is that is the worst time to suddenly be like, you know what? What if I risk the entire game? No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So, fortunately, in Bird's situation, that does not happen. Um, and it is a straightforward 3-1 vote on Waxler. Waxler becomes the eighth and final member of the jury. So, step one, uh, getting to the end. You did it. You came back from the bottom on the outs with your original tribe. You're the only one of Mirth to make it this far. Uh, mission success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess before we before we jump into FTC stuff, we had you all do rites of passage and talk about the players that came before you. Um, yeah, I don't know how how do you what do you how do you feel about rites of passage? I feel like that seems like something that would be right up your alley. Interesting that you say that. Um. I I like the one thing I don't like about rites of passage is that I feel as though um, it's kind of obnoxious that most orgs require you to go through the entire cast because a lot of the time you didn't fuck your, like you didn't meet some of these people so what are you supposed to say mm-hmm. and I always feel bad if I don't find something to say to like literal strangers <laughs> um, so. I saw an org one time, I don't remember which one it was, but there was an org one time that was like, you do not have to say something to people you didn't meet. And like, that is my preference just because it's just kind of a waste of everyone's time. Like, it's like even the person that you're talking about, like if they're like going to look and see what people said about them and rites of passage, like they're not going to care that you're like your profile <laughs> picture. Cool, we never talked. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not like they gained anything from it either. But anyway, um, I do, I just like giving people compliments or like saying nice things about people though. So I do enjoy rites of passage. Yeah. That's kind of where, I don't know. You seem like the kind of person that uh, enjoys saying the nice things. If you have genuine nice things to say, which I think in this case, you had a fair few of them. Uh, I agree. I think if, you know, we don't like, I don't remember exactly how we phrased it uh, in your season, but, you know, I don't feel like everyone needs to say anything uh, because, yeah, you don't always know everybody and there's always going to be somebody that you that shows up, at least in the vast majority of situations, where you didn't play with them or didn't see them or didn't compete in a challenge against them or this, that, or the other thing. Um, so... Yeah, I don't. 
I don't think it should be required or anything like that, that you have to talk about every single person that came before you in the season. Um, Mm -hmm. However, in this particular case, uh, I think the only, let's see, yeah. So we had Lord Shamrock, who you weren't on a tribe with, but you did compete against in the luck challenge (laughs) earlier on in the season. Um, Taylor didn't interact with him. Nay, uh, knew of her, knew her beforehand, so but didn't actually interact with her during the season. Um, and then everybody else you got to play with in some way, shape, or form. Uh, how do you? I don't know. Is this? Do you? Is there anything to kind of read into the sort of way other players are talking about the people who've been voted out? during rites of passage like do you i guess maybe more so in a season that you actively you know want to win specifically is this is there any part of this portion of the game where you're you're still like thinking about that as people are talking about the relationships that they had with these you know you know a lot of the jurors right you're talking and saying things about them you're learning maybe things about their relationship that you weren't fully aware of during the game does that at all happen for you not really not for the most part i mean it's, i'm i'm sure it definitely has you know here or there if i'm sitting there at the end and someone's like oh my gosh like we were so close and i'm like <laughs> this is the first i'm hearing about that interesting okay mm-hmm. but it's not like it's time to do anything about it anyway you know too late so okay not that I would do anything about it in more, most cases because yeah anyway yeah okay uh, we get through that and so we turn our attention to final tribal council so how how much of the I don't know preparation or planning or whatever for final tribal council was did you do for yourself and how much i guess in like a percentage perhaps like how much was it you know trying to help out bird and the argument and the sort of narrative story question answers that sort of stuff for them that's a hilarious question i love that (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean this is just a very funny question to be like how much did you actually uh, try to win, and how much did you just try to help somebody else win? <laughs> Put it in mathematical terms for me, Corey. <laughs> um, I would say 65, 35. Like, 65 me, 35 bird. Okay. Alright. That's that's not bad. Um... <laughs> I have respect for orgs and myself to literally not try like you'll you'll never really for the most part catch me at the end of an org like not trying in ftc but if you know what i think is for the greater good um i will definitely you know like i did with bird give my opponent a helping hand point out things that maybe they didn't realize or didn't think of give them you know a few few extra things to put in there maybe give them some advice about how to handle ftc stuff like that with bird i remember like giving them all my tips about how you know you don't want to be don't want to 
something that that was like one of the most groundbreaking for me things I learned about FTC. It took me forever to wrap my head around this concept, but when I did, I was like, oh shit, like, wow, is that FTC is not the time to apologize. It's not, not unless the juror is indicating to you that they need one. Because obviously you should read the room and sometimes the juror really wants you to apologize to them. But in most cases, FTC is not the time to apologize and it rubs people the wrong way if that's how you if you come in apologizing in your speech, apologizing in all your answers. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I backstabbed you. I'm so sorry I did this. I'm so sorry I did that. That rubs people the wrong way and they don't think you're being sincere anyway. They think you're being fake as heck because you want their dang, their dang vote. If you want to apologize to these people, great. Do it after FTC because people don't want to hear it. Even if they're mad at you, most of them don't want to hear you apologizing. They want to hear you owning your shit. They want to hear you admitting to what you did, owning why it was good for your game, being confident in your story. And if you have apologies, they're most likely going to think that you're not being sincere anyway until after there's not for you anymore. So you just... And I, I used to go into every FTC apologizing my face off because I really care about people and their feelings, but I feel horrible. And, you know, I've learned, I, one day I was in a FTC where I, I just didn't have a job. You know what I mean? Like I was not going to win. And I realized a long time ago, like, or like a long time prior to this, that maybe being more confident and being more, you know, like pushing aside my fear of sounding cocky and being confident and like owning my achievements while also like not apologizing was something I should try to do, but it was something I was so afraid to do. I was so afraid that people would think that I didn't care about them and that I was cocky if I, if I tried to be confident and apologize less. But I was in this FTC where I just like did not have a chance of winning. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just try this meth this new method that I'd came up with of not new method, but you know what I mean? New to me. Yeah. yeah. Idea of, of cutting out the apologies and being more confident and just, you know, see what happens. Cause I, I have nothing to lose cause I'm not winning this game. And, uh, I won that game. Yeah. <laughs> and I should not have won. <laughs> I went into that. I went into that, uh, FTC not winning, but yeah, that was a very eye opening moment for me where I was like, okay, yeah, you gotta, you, you really do. You gotta stop apologizing people think you're pandering they find you annoying when you do that and you've got to like own what you did so I remember giving bird all of that advice like talking about like we they're mad at you you know they're mad at you you betrayed all your friends they're gonna be pissed do not go in weeping and crying and begging their forgiveness they're not gonna like that don't do that I've learned that the hard way I'm telling you now like don't be a dick but like be be confident and don't just fall at their feet begging their forgiveness because they don't want to hear that. Absolutely. I agree completely. Uh, I think as someone who's never been on either side of a final tribal council, I, but you know, every time I watch one, either in an org or on the show or whatever, like the thing that I always kind of, respond to i guess is just you want a you want a finalist who can t 
talk who can explain what they did and you want somebody who you know understands what they did and you know you don't want to you don't want to really hear the the regret in that moment right like like yeah i voted x person out because at that point in the game it felt like the best thing for me to do and so i did that that's the decision i made that's the choice i made you know and now you're in the jury and i'm sitting here so it worked out and you know figuring out the right way to say that sort of stuff is tricky but like you said reading the room is is equally as important uh and and that's you know how you figure out who knows what they're doing in these situations right uh so um as somebody as well with as much ftc experience as yourself um are you uh one of the things i always i i i never even like realized it was a thing until gosh i don't know after hosting for a few seasons because you know i don't really explore other orgs that much and then you know once we started once alliance really started opening up to quote-unquote strangers uh and people would get to final tribal and be very confused as to why they couldn't post like a 30-page word document for their speech um is that i imagine with all the times you've been here that you've been in orgs where people have done that is that something you do is that something you like to do i don't know how what kind of format you really have liked best about final tribal councils you've you've uh, attended um i personally like on camera orgs final tribals the best because i express myself and my like i don't know people just react better to me when i talk than type which i've mentioned in this before like in earlier in the previous episode or whatever part one um well people just are more receptive to understanding my genuine like my intentions and my how genuine or fake i'm being and things like that when i talk to them rather than type so an on-camera or you typically have to give like a little introductory usually get like 10 minutes before they cut you off where you talk about your game so that's essentially your speech and then each juror typically gets five minutes to like ask you questions and then you get like a little five minute like ending like where you can like give a little conclusion and then they vote and i like that because it's definitely more in my wheelhouse to you know be able to talk to people face to face um so that's my favorite format uh in that type of scenario it sounds like you're doing that um separate from the other finalists is that the case wait what like you're not like are you doing that like the juror gets five minutes to talk to you or to talk to the finalists as a whole like are you doing it by yourself or with all the finalists at the same time um yeah it's with all the finalists at the same time okay 
Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's very different than <laughs> than how we do things, uh, and I am not surprised that that would be the format you prefer. Um, so, in that sense, with that in mind, like, was there, I don't know, any aspects of the way we set things up that you kind of had to account for that maybe you don't always have to account for or anything of that nature? Um, I remember that I had to like, I remember that I think like, cause I remember being like on the spot and I can't remember what the issue was. I don't know if it was like, I thought we were supposed to do it live or what, but I remember like having to throw together a speech in like five minutes because I misunderstood something about the FTC format. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, I don't remember if that was the case or not. Or I don't remember what that might've been because of, um, that sounds, uh, a bit, uh, concerning. Um, did uh so as as all right so as final tribal proceeds and you know everybody posts posts their opening statements um and i think this jury uh it just went you know from first eliminated to last eliminated in terms of asking our questions with occasionally some follow-ups in the in the in between uh, so you started with SMM and then Spenjamin and so on down the line. Was obviously as the as everything kind of unfolds, it becomes pretty clear that the jury is far more interested in what Bird has to say and directing their feelings and thoughts and questions toward Bird than it feels like they are toward you or Steph. Um, could you? I don't know. As somebody who I assume is fairly good at reading the room in these types of situations. Like, were you, and, and, and having helped Bird and, and coached them a bit, you know, did it feel like Bird was doing an okay job? Were you, I don't know, were, was the jury more or less upset or angry? Did they feel any different sort of way than maybe you, you or they had expected the jury to feel? I think some people were more intensely mad at Bird than I realized they were going to be, but, um, I definitely thought that Bird was doing a good job and I saw them definitely taking my advice and putting it into to action. And I do think it helped a bit because they were prepared a bit with both being attacked as well as how to like uh, de-escalate that as much as they possibly could. Yes. Yeah. It, um, did it feel like you were, I don't know, being sidelined in a sense I mean I remember just really being like annoyed by two things excuse me (laughs) thing number one that really annoyed me was when I finally found out the secret to (laughs) to all of the pain I went through in the season when Bramble basically was like why do you think that you're uh, an underdog when you are an experienced org player with success or whatever? And I was like, first of all, I don't think I ever like actually said the word underdog anywhere in this this speech. I mean, I did kind of consider myself 
monologue, but I didn't act. I hadn't actually even said it. Um, but that was just like the moment where I was like, oh, so this was all, this is all meta. Like I went through all of this because I played an org before, like, and, and like won an org before. I don't even know if they realized that part, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, ugh. Um, and that just like really like annoyed me though. It was, it was comforting in a way just to finally have that like closure of like, okay, so it's not just, they hate me. <laughs> like there, there's a stupid external reason that people, you know, treated me that way. It wasn't because I'm just unlikable or something. Um, and then the other thing that annoyed me was how bitter Maddie was with me for like no reason. <laughs> I was just so irrational and I just was like are you for real uh, um yeah he I was um he, he he addressed you by saying something to the effect of uh you wanted the underdog sitting at FTC uh say he he made the said the quote-unquote underdogs were you Steph and himself and uh, instead of leaving someone in the game that's played comparable to you, you left one of the biggest threats to your game in the game. In my eyes, your game came from using who you could to get to the end. You used me, etc., etc. Um, while Bird played a snaky game, you played the game as a weasel or an opossum, where you played dead most of the time to generate allies. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess that's how he felt, so whatever. Um, is it, and I, I guess like I feel in, in FTC, that is where perhaps you see the most drastic and, uh, uh, distinct, um, clash of perspectives on players in the game. Like, you know, you get these you know, everybody has this sort of like, all right, they're going to ask you a question. Usually they're going to give you a little bit of a preamble about what they saw from you in the season, how they experienced you, what their relationship with you was. And then like the question has something to do with like, well, tell me why I'm wrong or tell me this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, when you get somebody who, who viewed your game in such a dis, such a different way than you yourself felt about it, or, and perhaps that, everyone else in the season felt about it i don't know how do you even how do you react to that how do you deal with that respond to that etc i mean honestly i wish i was in that situation literally right now <laughs> because <laughs> no because like back then you know the more orgs you play the this the stronger you become at knowing how to advocate for yourself a better a better and deeper understanding of the game as well as like like yourself and how people perceive you and how you know things like that and like you were talking about like you just told me like what he said and i like instantly like i don't know what the hell i said in response to him i'm pretty sure it probably wasn't what what popped into my head right now but the thought in my head was like why is any of that bad like why is it like you you played dead to get to like move further in the game okay yeah. yeah i i was i was on the bottom of my original tribe and i turned lemon into, into lemonade and got myself to the end it's a valid strategy that worked so yeah i that, that's true um uh, i don't you know, know what i'm saying like damn i, <laughs> I wish i was on the spot answering these questions right now i know what to say now 
Uh, part of your answer, let's see. Part of your answer that addresses the playing dead portion said something about, I wasn't playing dead to generate allies. I didn't feel like I had any allies. And I expressed that hoping somebody would pick me up. If you are someone who highly values challenge wins, I can't argue against that um, or other stuff. Um, I suppose I thought as somebody who played the way you did, I had expected you would not take it personally that I played you back when needed. Um. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably, again, these days, having grown, I probably read the room and know that uh, calling him out on his shit isn't what he would have needed to hear there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should angle that a little different for, you know, knowing knowing the audience in it, but... yeah. Uh, and who would have who would have responded really well to like you think bird was the biggest threat? i thought you were the biggest threat. yes he he certainly comes across uh as someone who has a bit of a of a john robert from china that's, in him yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly who i was thinking of it's like <laughs> you know Matthew's probably the person who who would have been warm warmed up by by being he could I feel like he would have he would have been receptive to being sucked up too. <laughs> so. Um. Uh, so Maddie, that brings us finally. We get Waxler, last person to say anything. Did I miss that? Did it I was better with me too, which I also found pretty absurd because I was like, <laughs> "Sorry." <laughs> no, it's fine. No, um. no, I'm. Just I said, sir. Like, I was like, oh, like, sir, hello. <laughs> Why are oh. you mad at me? You tried to vote me out how many times? You lied to me about how many things? You left me out of how many things? <laughs> and yes. Uh, yeah, it was interesting because usually, you know, when you have a structure like this, the last person that gets to say anything, however that sequence ends up being, um, usually like all the uh, there's only so many questions you can really ask in at ftc um by the time you get to the you know fourth fifth sixth place jurors a lot of the questions that and answers and details they really want to know have probably come out somehow um i'm looking here and uh it felt like uh, waxler definitely was like following along the whole way responding where he wanted clarification or or so on and so forth um and then when it gets to his turn uh he says he doesn't have any questions um he had more to say but that is all i'm willing to share for them for now uh, let's get to voting so um i guess when when we get so we get to the end of it we get to the closing statements um you know bird says that tonight had been a real reckoning for them um steph you know happy to have spent the time and playing with everybody uh you mentioned how surprised you were by some of the perceptions members on the jury had of you and uh talked about how you struggled <laughs> playing this this org and um that you also found friendships and um made bonds that that meant a lot to you so uh, I think it's a right around. So, so the jury goes to vote if they hadn't already. Some of them had at this point. Um, I also show up. I don't know. It was somewhere around this point in time where I created a 
a private channel for you to put in a tie-breaking vote, should it come to that. Um, and uh, which wasn't something we'd ever done before, or you know, it was mostly us reading the room and knowing that all three of you were going to get votes. Uh, so I was like, well, <laughs> we better we better cover our bases just in case. Um, uh, what? I don't know. Did you have any sort of read uh, as things wrapped up as far as did you did you think Bird was going to win? Did you think it was going to be as close as it ended up being? How did you feel about things? Um, I thought that. Oh, sorry. Goodness. <laughs> um, I thought that I thought that Bird was going to win, if I remember correctly. And I was surprised that it tied. But I knew when it tied that Bird was going to win because stuff. That was a little bit closer to bird than me. Yep, that's uh, that's what happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I guess what? I guess I mean we can look at like, the individual votes themselves, but you're going to end up getting uh, Chaco Beans, Darcy, and Spenjamin's votes to win. Um, bird is going to get Bramble, Jordan, and SMM. And Steph is going to get Maddie and Waxler. Uh, were any of those? Do any of those like really stick out to you as surprising? Wait, who did I get again? Uh, Spenjamin, Darcy, and Chaco. Yeah. Why the hell did Spenjamin vote for me? I don't even know them. <laughs> uh... I'm not like that's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Yeah, I don't no, know. I expect to get. <clears throat> I did expect to get um, Darcy's vote. Um, I feel like Darcy, um, not only did she and I have a really like close relationship right there at the end when she was going out, but she also just kind of really made it very clear in FTC that she was going to vote for me. Um, Chaco, I was a, like a little surprised by Chaco just because like, you know, I could have seen it going either way. And I think that it, you know, but like, I definitely saw Darcy voting for me but but Benjamin was just so random <laughs> you know he's like one of the first jurors he and I hardly got to inter- interact whatsoever um and and that's that's one of the the things with early jurors too is like sometimes you never know what the fuck they're gonna do right like the, the first or second juror because they miss like they they miss almost the entire game and they get like a lot of the story just from like watching tribal and, and finding out like what the jury says as they trickle in and join them. So it's yeah. But yeah, <laughs> definitely definitely surprising because I didn't I just didn't have really a relationship with Benjamin. So Yeah, he said when he put in his vote, he said, I honestly wasn't planning on deviating from this whatsoever, so I'm sending it in now. So he posted that at like seven o'clock. And FTC ended around nine, so uh, he he knew <laughs> long before the final tribal council ended, and I'm not even sure how far into FTC we got before he posted that vote. Um, so yeah, no, that's I don't know, I don't know why. Thank you, uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> um, so yeah, you get three votes bird gets three votes steph gets two votes uh steph's tie-breaking vote decides the winner like you said it was bird bird ultimately wins four to three to two breaking the tie 
first tie we've ever had in that situation. And uh, also the first time all three finalists had gotten votes in uh, Alliance, which was exciting. And I like that a lot when it happens because everyone deserves votes at the end, usually. Um, And so we get to the end of the season. So I don't know, initial reactions as Bird is officially crowned the winner. Um, You came in second, tied um, just strictly from the jury's standpoint. Yeah, I don't know. How do you, what, what do you, what's, what are you processing as that happens? I guess. I don't know if that makes Uh sense. I, I was just really happy for Bird. I remember that. You know, I had gotten really close to them and it was their first org and they, you know, I empathize with, you know, they, they played a villainous game. They backstabbed a lot of people. Um, I empathize with, you know, in my first like two orgs, I was similar, right? Like, because when you're new to orgs, um, at least like this was my experience and I feel like it was kind of Bird's experience and I think that it's definitely something that I would assume other people have had the experience of is like you don't always realize just how personal and serious people can take these games until you really get into it so like my first org um, I went pre-merge and so it was like I didn't get like a huge amount of evidence of that but my second org, I made it to FTC and I was decimated by the jury. They were so mad at me because, you know, I had eight rider dies and <laughs> um, I didn't know. I genuinely did not know. Um, this is it's, it's kind of a funny thing. So essentially eight people. That is not exaggeration. I, I just remember the number. I went back and counted at one point. Eight people told me I was their number one or ride or die or FTC, like wanted me at FTC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on that cast. And as a extremely new player, first time I ever even made Merge, I just thought that was how the game worked. I thought everyone was going to lie to everyone. I thought like, because to be fair, I just, it never occurred to me that I'm just likable. And so a bunch of, <laughs> were drawn to wanting me to be their number one i just thought that this was you know the fact that so many people are saying this to me is evidence that we're all just trying to be like who's the best liar you know sure yeah. <laughs> like that's literally what i thought so i told every single person oh yeah you're my number one. and i would even put effort into trying to like make sure they <laughs> felt like they were um and then vote them out and i like didn't even really have any remorse until ftc <laughs> when i found out that nobody was kidding or lying or playing me and I burned a lot of people <laughs> they were really upset and I was like flabbergasted because I just I just like I don't know I, I came into orgs thinking it was like all in good fun you know and you just you play the game and you you vote people out and and it's it's whatever but like no <laughs> these people took it really really personal and that was just that eye-opening moment for me and so that was something I just really empathized with bird for um was like how they did care about these friends they made us their first org they got close to some of these people they voted them out anyway for the sake of their game and you know now they they had their reckoning they had to deal with those those feelings they had to deal with the fact that they were hated on 
And the fact that it at least paid off with them winning, um, I just knew that that would be a little bit of a comfort because they are a good person and they do care a lot. And so like, regardless of the decisions they made in the game, when you are a good hearted person and people are so upset with you and so hurt by you, it's going to affect your spirit. And so at least I do feel like when you do all of that and you, you, you have all that backlash before you're used to it, if it also ends up having been for nothing and you don't even win, I feel like that's an even harsher blow. So I was just like really happy that it worked out for them. Yes. No, I, I definitely can. I definitely see that, that side of it. And uh, it, it's, you never want to feel like you did something for no reason and uh especially if that's something uh hurts other people that's that's the worst case um and so i'm sure it was a process for for bird with a lot of the people on the jury i know that they're close with Bramblecat. um still they like met in person they've hung out they've hung out with staff and stuff like that so um, but I, I'm sure that there are some of those relationships that maybe never quite got back to where they were during the season. Um, right. and that's, that's really tough. Well, um, that is the end of Nexus Park. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, I guess Firstly, is there anything you can remember from your time in the season or related to the season that we haven't touched on at all? I don't I don't think so off the top of my head. Because um, I think I did get my opportunity to talk about the spec lounge and what happened there. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, I guess my like final, final little wrap up words would be that going back through the season... Um, doing this you know interview with you and stuff um i definitely definitely think that you know like the the kind of my takeaway is like i did not do that good (laughs) i did not play a very good game um some of that wasn't was you know things working against me that weren't necessarily my fault um and some of it definitely was my fault but yeah i mean i understand like obviously like i i got a great placement right like i i tied for you know like with the winner and then it had to go to a you know a tiebreaker vote like that's 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 the like about as good as you can do without winning right (laughs) so so i'm not trying to say that like i'm not trying to just be like silly here like yeah i really flopped (laughs) but i just like you know reflecting back on it and like what my social position was for most of the game um and like my challenge abilities and and my like because of my social position not necessarily being super involved in strategy like I definitely don't think I deserved to win that season I think the outcome was for the best but like I do still feel satisfied with my story because you know it wasn't 
in my opinion, necessarily like a winning game, but you know what? It was a satisfying story. Like I got, I was scrambling for so long to claw and dig my way out from the bottom. And I did. And it took me a long time and I got a lot of votes and I just never gave up. And, you know, I did make it to the end and I, I feel good about that. So. Well, good. I'm glad. I, I guess it, you know, it was the, um, I, I, given, given the sort of origin of, of Alliance being with predominantly people who'd never even heard of orgs <laughs> before they played for the first, you know, three and a half seasons, um, and watching that sort of composition of the cast's shift uh and getting players who would show up and you know have played 10 20 30 orgs already won handfuls of them in the past uh knew kind of the ins and outs of things and what what ultimately they wanted to do and and how they wanted to play and um i something i sort of began to kind of take satisfaction in was seeing people who had a fair bit of experience uh fail (laughs) to put it bluntly um i liked that i mean i guess i still do um i I like that somebody who has had success or does know what they're doing and you know has you know this experience has you know like as you kind of talked about knows how to conduct themselves in a way that they you know have have proof in their past to understand that like that's going to get results that i want or i know how to best play this game for myself i know you know i've done it so many times now that i understand what what my game can do i understand my own potential my own abilities and i really enjoy seeing people who have even a fraction of that sort of mentality play alliance and whether it's just the you know a, the challenges or the sub channels or um the fact that there aren't alliance chats or that you can't make a voice channel whenever you want to uh, this that and the other like that the confessionals are private what, whatever the part of the game is that kind of throws you off or doesn't quite work out for you or or distorts your game one way or another and it's it's really it was it's always really enjoyable makes it sound like i'm i'm taking so too much pleasure in this experience but like it is to a certain degree to see those players show up and not have things go the way that they seem to always go but it is and i think up until nexus park that was kind of the case for everybody right like in our um, fourth and fifth seasons, the winners had never played an orc before. In our sixth season, the winner had never played a survivor orc before. And then, I mean, that's true in Nexus Park. Bird had not played survivor before this. But I think you sort of were able to be that player who had had this experience, had this success, knew fairly well how to play these games and knew how you kind of related to how they worked and how the people 
acted in them. And you also met a lot of adversity in the challenges, as you've said, with your original tribe, some external factors as well. But I thought it was really refreshing and uh, and fun to see you persevere anyway and you know kind of roll with all of these punches and while you may not have played a great game or necessarily the best game of the season depending on who you ask i suppose um i be i found a new appreciation for seeing sort of quote-unquote org veterans like play alliance and do well that i didn't really think i had prior to this so I, I really appreciated and enjoyed seeing that side of things through your game. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess, I don't know. I guess that might be it. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk about this experience with me. And I hope that people listen and uh, and enjoy experiencing, maybe not enjoy, but but recognize the experience that you went through during the game and, and can can see your side of things, so to speak. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking me to do this. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, well, I guess have a good rest of your day. And... Um, I'm sure I will talk to you at some point. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. If you'd like to try your hand at Alliance, our applications are always open. You can find more information by visiting AllianceSeasons.com. Our 13th season, Sky Cruiser, is now casting. Come join us in the HQ during the off-season for games and trivia and other fun stuff. And as always, have a week. without a trace nothing's gone forever